Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. On the show today, we'll dive into the topic of sexual health and wellness with Gina Gutierrez. As co-founder and CEO of Dipsy, the first audio platform for sexual wellness, Gina is an empathy-driven entrepreneur focused on helping women feel sexually, mentally, and emotionally empowered through audio storytelling. Dipsy's stories help women tap into their sexuality on their own terms, unlock confidence, and develop a more holistic sense of well-being. We'll talk about why sexual wellness is crucial for your mental health, why self-pleasure should be part of your exercise regime, and how new sex tech can help couples stay on the same page. You can find all the information and links mentioned today at wellwomanlife.com slash 166 show. You can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico and High Desert Yoga in Albuquerque. And if you haven't already checked out the upcoming events and programs that we have, go over to wellwomanlife.com slash events to see all of the things we have coming up. We've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. So definitely head over and check that out. Now to my interview with Gina Gutierrez. I'm speaking with Gina Gutierrez of Dipsy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I I feel like this um, topic that we're going to dive into is just so important right now and it, and has been surfacing in in lots of ways all all throughout the industry. So let's let's first start Gina with telling listeners who are you in the world today? So like you said, my name is Gina. I am now the CEO and co-founder of the first audio platform for sexual wellness, but that is a new title in my life. I wasn't necessarily someone that was a writer of erotica, a creator of audio content. Um, I was a brand strategist for many years. And I was helping companies figure out what made their customers tick and how to create experiences that felt really meaningful. And so I've always been kind of tapped into the idea of making things that matter. And this just felt like something I really wanted to devote my life to. And I have been for the last year and a half. Awesome. Okay. And so just to give listeners a bit more perspective about you as a person and not not just the CEO of your company, but who else are you in the world? Like what other identities do you have? I love questions around identity because it is so interesting. Probably a pretty American perspective is I am what I do. And so there's so many other ways of looking at it that probably someone in a different place or in a different century would have answered so differently. And if I am truthful about how I self-describe, I think about my myself as someone who kind of thinks about balance. And I am very much the product of two parents with very different backgrounds. My dad was from Brooklyn. He had kind of a rough and tumble childhood where he really made something out of nothing. And my mom was from Switzerland and she's an oil painter and an artist. And I have these two sides of myself this kind of tough go-getter, make things happen. Um, I own my, I am my own champion kind of side of myself and also a deep capacity for empathy, a desire to listen, a curiosity about people. 
um, a softness and a warmness maybe even. And I think that keeping those two things of my life balanced is kind of what I have decided is the most fulfilling path my life could be on. Mm, Awesome. Okay. Well, we talk a lot about that on the Well Woman Show. We talk more about integration, actually, of different parts of our lives. Um, You know, as women, we have so many things going on. We're nurturers, we're caregivers, we're business owners, we're, you know, learners, uh, just all, all kinds of hats that we wear. And so integrating all of those can be really complicated and, and um, we sometimes lose ourselves, you know, in the process. And so the Well Woman Show really uh, tries to d- dive into that and, and look at what kinds of things can support women to live the lives they they really want to live. And, um, and so sexual health is a big part of that. I have been talking about that on the show lately. So it's interesting that, um, that I'm now talking to you as well. And so the way you introduced yourself, you're the CEO of Dipsy, which is, um, a sexual health platform, but it's audio, right? So do you record these shows or, or do you have contributors? How does it work? Yeah. So we are, essentially a creative hub. We are a story studio, but that means that we work with a lot of people who are creators in all sorts of ways, which is amazing for us because it means that by nature, I get to kind of live that balance out loud. We are making a creative output, even though we're building a company and a product. So we work with a lot of voice actors that are all over the country, actually all over the world, because that kind of talent can be remote, which is amazing. We work with a lot of writers that help us to fuel the authenticity of what we make with their own stories and perspectives and experiences. Um, even though we do have writers on staff that allow us to, you know, make sure that series come quickly when people love them and try out experiments in audio, because this is such a new field. We really do want to make sure that that inclusivity and diversity and broadness of perspective is something that we really think about and having a lot of writers allows us to do that really well. And we also get to work with artists and each one of our stories and sessions is represented by a beautiful illustration. And so that really means that there's a real confluence of creativity that's happening for each story that we put out there. So yes, it's all original content. Okay. And, uh, as, and as far as the content, how would you compare it to, um, mainstream erotica or even porn? Yeah, it's a great question. I think people are quick to try and place us in this spectrum. And on the far left of the spectrum, I'm like waving my hands around. I know you can't see it. On the far left of the spectrum, it's this idea of um, hardcore pornography where it's really visually focused, um, which for a lot of women, and of course, not all women, but for a lot of women, just seeing something put in front of you in such a graphic way, first of all, isn't necessarily a trigger for arousal because of all sorts of innately hard-coded truths about our biology but also because it's really focused on male gaze. It's like specifically focused on people's parts of bodies. You might not necessarily see yourself in those bodies and that can be hard to kind of get yourself into um, what you're seeing if you don't feel that you like understand, um, you know, the difference between what your body actually looks like and what this uh, porn star looks like can be really challenging. Even the room that they're in can matter, right? Like what kind of like random Airbnb in Miami are they in? Is this pleasure authentic? Is this ethical? Like these are all questions that go through people's minds. Um, So 
how we are different from pornography is my answer is in almost every way. We don't have any sex in the making of our content. That's already a huge difference, which allows us to circumvent a lot of the ethical questions that people do rightfully have around pornography. Um, but also we focus on a medium that we think is innately more interesting for women in so many ways. And that hasn't really been richly explored. Yeah, that that's, and also just in terms of the stories, cause I haven't heard them are they more, uh, do, do they empower women more? Cause I feel like a lot of mainstream porn really, uh, you know, it, uh, objectifies women and women are in a powerless, you know, situation. And so is there an intentional way that your writers, um, approach that? Oh, yes. In every single way, we are thinking about what it means to portray women as empowered in their sexual lives and their social lives and their romantic lives. It is the it is the baseline of every single choice we make. We are very actively thinking about some of the tactical questions, like what does it mean to build in enthusiastic consent in every single story? What does it mean to have communicative sex where people are asking for what they want? What does it mean for people to feel good about their bodies, but also express really human vulnerability? These are the things that we're really thinking about. Um, so yes, empowerment is the baseline of what we want to make sure that every woman can come here and feel like this is an approachable place for sexuality to both be fun and exciting, but also to be really safe. I think that that's a really clear difference between us and pornography is that we're creating a space where we're removing a lot of obstacles to feeling sexual, because that is a more um, woman-centric idea of what sexuality is. There are so many women that I've spoken to that have said, you know, I'm just not sure I'm that sexual. Or I don't know, maybe I'm like too demanding or maybe I'm just too needy. And this idea has come around because sexuality has been defined by kind of this spontaneous horniness idea that is very much defined by the male experience of sexuality. Again, not all men, but more defined in that way. And women need more context setting. They need more mood making. They need more positive communication. They need the room to be the right temperature and the right lighting. They care more about kind of the full context of the experience. And what we can do in audio is create that ideal world. It's not completely, you know, totally different from like what reality is. Our stories are very realistic in the way that they are, you know, in everyday apartments or like on, on vacations. Um, we're not talking about like fairies and wizards, but we really do think about like how do we create a space and a context and a conversation and a sex experience that feels really, really right and safe. Okay. So Gina, what about the health benefits of sexual wellness and, and self-pleasure? First of all, how do you define sexual wellness? So I think sexual wellness is essentially the belief that your sexuality should be a part of your overall wholeness and happiness and fulfillment. And I think so much of what has been problematic about our perspective on sexuality is that it is a vice, that it is an impulse, that it is an indulgence. Um, this shift into the idea of sexuality as a part of wellness is thinking about it being beneficial to you, meaning that intimacy is actually something that makes your happiness um, more easy to you know, make consistent, whether it's in a partnership or just the idea of being intimate with yourself, connecting to your body, feeling inside your body, the idea that being feeling good is good for you is actually very new. Mm. Okay. And so physically it is, is important. 
What about for your mental health? Well, I think that those two things are actually really intertwined. I think the idea of walking around as kind of moving brains is how a lot of us live our lives these days because we're stressed out. You know, we have a lot going on. Like you said, it's really hard to integrate all these parts of ourselves. And we hear a lot from women who come home from really stressful jobs and they're like, the last thing on my mind is self-pleasuring or engaging with sex with my, in sex with my partner because I've had such a rough day. And so the idea of feeling like you can relax into your body again, remember that you're not just a moving brain, but you are this beautiful body that gets to experience the world. And also tapping into the idea that sexuality is possible by kind of switching that mind state um, is so important for us to integrate all those parts of ourselves. We can both be this soft, sensual, sexual person and someone who crushed it in the board meeting that morning. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then it, it can also contribute to our exercise plan, right? Like it can, be, it can help. It can, we can, can we count it towards our daily exercise minutes? Like, how do you see that? I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on, on fitness or like how many calories it burns in a self-pleasure session. I don't know. But what I do know is that we all know if we've experienced a self-pleasure session that felt really positive and felt really, you know, um, empowering that we feel a flush of positive chemicals that flood our body. And I think it's really impossible to separate the physical from the mental. They're so intertwined. And so do I think about sexual wellness as the next frontier of greater wellness? Yes. Do I believe that going to a yoga class is good for you and meditating is good for you and having a daily dose of, you know, sexual flooded feelings in your body are good for you? Yes. I'm being careful with my words because I don't think it's just about achieving orgasm, right? I think the idea of feeling sexual with yourself feeling sensual with yourself, connected to yourself is valuable, even if you don't climax. But I do think that these are things that are a new set of um, set of tools in our toolkit. Who of us were meditating 10 years ago? Very few people. And meditating was around. It's not that it didn't exist, but some of these apps started making the idea feel way more possible. You know, I can do this. This can be a part of my life. And that's what we're trying to do too. Yeah. And it really brings up the whole idea of uh, self-love and body love and, and sex positivity. And there's so much um, sort of body hatred in, in our world, really, uh, that, yeah, that, that women really actually don't want to be a part of, but we're, we've sort of been socialized to, to look at ourselves and each other in, in this really negative way. So I think what you're saying and, and what you're contributing, um, is, is a, a way, a pathway for women to start loving their bodies. Absolutely. And I think representation that we're starting to see from the brands that we buy from is starting to change our perception of what a beautiful body can be. And it doesn't have to be one thing. And we try really thoughtfully to do that in our stories as well. There are some stories that are a little bit more specific about what a character's body looks like for the sake of the story. And there are others that are completely agnostic of that. There are others that are like very you know, obvious about the fact that it's not necessarily the media idea of a Victoria's Secret model, because that is beautiful too. And that rep representation matters so much. But totally, I think even more broadly, feeling yourself to be a sensual, desirable, full, alive person makes you love yourself more. And of course, your body is kind of a part of that experience. Mm. Okay, Gina, where can people go to hear, uh, to, to, to participate in this? It, and, and also maybe contribute as a writer as well. Yes. Okay. So 
if you want to download our app, we're available in the iOS store now, meaning we are only available if you have an iPhone at the moment. We're going to broaden access soon, so Android users don't fret. We're coming for you. If you're interested in writing for us or voice acting for us, you, you can head to our website. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com. And we would love to have you. We're broadening our network so much. It's amazing to have real perspectives, real voices, and we'd love to hear from you. Okay, cool. We are heading into our segment called Superpowers for Success, and we'll be right back. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Whether you're just starting your journey or you've been on it for months or even years, the Well Woman Jumpstart is a great place to begin. So you might want to know, what's the outcome? How will I benefit from this? If you want to reach the income, impact, or intimacy goals you have, you can jump right in with this awesome jumpstart. You'll learn what your unique superpower is, which is super important for everything else you'll be working on in your life. You'll learn uh, proven tools to achieve address your particular challenge. You'll get real clarity about your life and your big goals and challenges. And you'll get to talk to me, Giovanna, one-on-one, and I'll give you feedback and insight specifically on your goal or challenge. If you're ready to jump in, go to wellwomanlife.com slash jumpstart. Okay, I'm back with Gina Gutierrez, CEO of Dipsy. And we're going into our segment called Superpowers for Success. Gina, I'm going to ask you a few quick questions. And the first one is, what does success in life mean for you? This is a beautiful and big question. So I alluded to the idea of balance being really core to my sense of self. And I think for me, even having a job that demands so much of me, I really do need to think about that balance perpetually in the unit of a day, in the unit of a week, in the unit of a year, and be really thoughtful around how I make time for my partner, how I make time for my friends, how I make time for family. I think it's really important to remember that if you are someone that is all about connecting with others and feeling related to others and feeling like you can give your love to others, that you need to give yourself time and space to do that. And I frankly had a really hard time with that my first year of Dipsy. It was really hard for me to balance the things that I knew were good for me and knew made me happy and people around me happy with what I felt needed to get done. I had a hard time integrating myself. And so it's been a huge learning year for me to re-realize that that's not kind of the nice to haves. That's like a must have, must need, must incorporate. When did you um, actually, when did you start Dipsy, when did it launch? We launched Dipsy in December of 2018, but Faye and I started the company, Faye is my co-founder, um, 11 months before that. So that was back in couch days, two women on a couch thinking about how to make sexy stories. <laughs> Gina, when did you know you were really good at what you do? I think there's a lot of elements that go into being good at what I do. Um, I think that I'm someone that has the capability for a lot of emotional insight, which helps me to understand what we can make that makes women tick. There isn't some magical formula to creating content. And there are plenty of people that aren't going to like plenty of things. And so we're just really walking a really fine line of making something that a lot of people can feel is right for them. Um, And that's working with your gut, you know, really listening to your gut. And I think I'm pretty tuned into my gut as a woman. And I think that that has helped us to create a baseline of making stories that people want to hear. And now we get to 
kind of shave off the edges of that, those gut decisions with data. And that's really amazing as well. So we talk a lot about that on the Well Woman Show and our Well Woman Life Cycle has a whole section on intuition and listening to your inner knowledge and your inner wisdom. So I want to ask you, since you brought it up, when did that start for you? Was, did you used to not listen to that, like in a different career or a different part of your life, and then now you do? Or have you always done that? Truly, I didn't know what my gut was until 2016. I had no idea what that voice was. I had heard it, um, this like kind of dull rumbling of like, this isn't right, or are you really happy? And I truly tuned it out. I was all about my brain. I was all about logic. I was all about kind of putting one foot in front of the other, and I wasn't listening. And you know what started happening? I started getting sick. My my stomach started hurting a lot. And I was like, what is going on here? And I was talking to gastroenterologists and taking probiotics and all these really physical solutions. And what happened was I started to recognize that a lot of what my gut was telling me was I wasn't really feeling fulfilled by the romantic relationship I was in. And once I ended that relationship, almost like magic, those stomach aches went away. And that was such an amazing moment of realizing the interconnectedness of all these things and really of listening to myself. And I really don't think that I would be here today talking to you about Dipsy if it wasn't for that kind of ability, that moment where I recognized what that was and that I wanted to guarantee that no matter what, in the rest of my life, I was always listening. Yeah, that's so amazing. I I just think that with the Wellman uh, model and, and the things that we provide to our listeners and to our community, we're what we're really trying to do is get ahead of that, that breakdown, uh, that health, you know, that tragic health occurrence or other thing. And, um, a lot of times that is the wake up call. We have some really bad health issue or something else. Um, and so what we're trying to do is get ahead of that and really support women to be able to hear and listen to and act on that intuition before, (laughs) before it all falls apart. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting that you tapped into that and that you took action when you did. Yeah. And I had the tools, I think, to recognize some of those things because I have made therapy a part of my life for a really long time. I had someone who was helping me to understand what signals be paying attention to and to identify patterns. And I'm so, I feel so fortunate to have the ability to have that sort of experience. And I agree that getting ahead of those things is the ideal. Um, Getting ahead of the point where you're starting to feel pain or feel panic or like feel anxiety or some of these really, really bigger physical responses. And I, I sometimes don't know if I would have been able to do that without some sort of real response. Um, I know that's really the, the tricky part of it, isn't that? Okay. So gosh, we could talk about that on a whole, we could have a whole show about that, but I want to ask you the next question, which is what uh, personal habit do you have that contributes to your own well-being? This question is something that I'm happy I get to answer today and not a year ago, because I don't think I was doing a very good job of it. Um, I started to realize that building habits was really important for my own well-being and getting into routine that was positive for me is really helpful. And so whether that means I just set the expectation for myself that I'm going to a 6 p.m. Sunday yoga class every single week, or whether that means that I, you know, say no to this sort of plan because I generally find it unfulfilling for me, or that I make sure that I see a friend for dinner once a week, like that really helps to kind of set 
goals for myself around what I know makes me happy and not just let it slip, slip to the next week or to the next month and just keep realizing that you never prioritize it. So habits have been really helpful for me. Yeah. Okay. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Emotional resilience. Oh my gosh. I think as women also, you know, not just me individually, we are told in kind of a demoralizing way that we are emotional creatures, these emotional beings. But I actually think it is the superpower to be able to be in tune with your needs, your desires, other people's needs and desires, your own opportunities for growth or areas for growth, you know, what you need from someone else or how you can balance and compromise with someone else. And I just realized that my own emotionality is my biggest strength and that the fact that I was able to deal with a lot of no's and hear, you know, we, we were fundraising, anyone going through fundraising, here's a lot of no's and be able to just realize that you're not internalizing all of that and able to bounce back from it. And I think just doing the hard thing gets you there. And I've been really proud of myself to get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's great because hearing a lot of no's can be crushing. And, uh, you know, if you're taking it personally, if you're, if you think it's a reflection on you as a person. So being able to separate that a little bit really helps. Um, what advice would you give your younger self like 10, 15 years ago? I think this question is something that I struggle with because I'm not sure I would have been able to receive any of the advice that I'd be able to give today. I kind of am of the mind that life or you kind of live to learn, you live and learn. And so much of what I wish I was able to tell my younger self, like primarily be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself, stop being so hard on yourself. I don't know if I would have been able to internalize that yet. And I had to go through hard times where I didn't believe that. And I wasn't nice to myself to realize how that was actually really holding me back to start changing some of that. And I'm not done with that process at all. Um, But that's probably what I would have told myself. My younger self probably would have been like, cool, I'll try and do that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I often ask as a follow-up. So do you think she would have listened? And you've already answered that. Uh, Last couple questions here. Do you identify as a feminist? Feminism to me is egalitarianism. It's just taking a specific view on gender, you know, just like gender identity shouldn't affect people's perception of someone's worth. Neither should, you know, race or age or all these other things. But I just, I think feminism is the idea that just because I am a woman, just because you are a man, whoever you are, we're all equally worthy. Um, I talk a lot about the word empowerment and what it means to empower people. It's super buzzy right now. Everyone's saying it. But if you actually look at the root of that word, it's about shifting power. It's about imbuing with power. And so much of that is about putting um, the optionality to be whoever you want to be in anyone's hands and not just saying, because you are a woman, you should fulfill this type of role. You should live this type of stereotype. You should, you know, be this thing. You can kind of be whatever you want to be. And that to me is so firmly connected to every choice we make in our stories, because what does it mean to empower women? It's about giving people the power to to understand that being real in the bedroom, being real in sex is okay. It's not about performing. It's not about um, acquiescing. It's not about someone else's needs trumping your own. It's about asking for what you need. It's about being real. It's about not sucking in your stomach. It's about just being your full real self. And feminism is about changing culture so that there's space for women to do that. Mm, Yeah. So I feel like it's so wonderful that you and others are 
in this space, creating this for women. And at the same time, I think men really need it. And so how's, how's that working? So we actually have a lot of men on our platform, which we love. I think it's amazing. Partly it's a question of couples. Um, what does it mean to have kind of conversation starters for couples or to make foreplay a lot more engaging and dynamic and interesting to help balance the or level the on-ramps? We hear that from a lot of couples. Like if one person's on-ramp is so much faster than the others, then one person starts feeling bad. And this is an interesting opportunity to level set a little bit. So from a couple's perspective, we're really excited about the opportunity for Dipsy. But I think it's also a learning tool, you know? Yeah. What is what's going on in a woman's brain during sex and what is she like and how can I be better listener? Mm. Okay. What is your greatest challenge as a leader? Oh, this is such a lovely question because I think about it all the time. I said to someone recently that one of the biggest learnings for me at Dipsy is that even though I don't necessarily get to be face-to-face with our customer every day, I get to be face-to-face with our employees every day. And it really matters to me to create a space that people love to be. And I think that if they feel that way, they're going to create amazing creative work um, and feel empowered to do so. And so I think my greatest challenge as a leader is to um, recognize the boundaries of where strength is needed, where friendship is good, where boundaries should lie. Um, It's just navigating this new idea of what it means to define yourself as a boss or to define yourself as a colleague um, and to make sure that everyone feels safe. Because I think that there are certain ways that bosses can, you know, express their frustration or show their fears in a way that makes people feel uncomfortable and makes people feel scared. Um, But also give themselves some space to be vulnerable with the people they work with, because what other way can we all, you know, have be human with each other and striking that balance is something I'm really thoughtful around. I don't know how successful I am, but I really, I really do think about it quite a bit. Well, that's more than a lot of people are doing. So (laughs) you're, you're already ahead. Um, Last question. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? So the Atlantic and the the New Yorker are permanently on my nightstands, partly because I'm behind on them (laughs) to admit the truth. Getting through New Yorker is an impressive feat that takes me takes me some time. Um, but those are like my my staples. I feel like it is just the best way to really be reading what some of the best writers in the world are outputting. And I'm just so inspired by that work. And I feel like I apply it to so much of what we do all the time. But the next book that I have on my nightstand is called The Power by Naomi Alderman. Have you heard of that? Yes, I haven't read it, though. So from what I hear, and from my friend who recommended it to me, she basically said that this book is about the idea that women are imbued with literal power. Like talk about empowerment. They literally have electricity in their fingertips and it makes them more physically powerful than men, even though they're smaller than men. And it just totally changes the dynamic of gender. And it's this kind of dystopian story around like what the world might be like if that happened. And I'm fascinated. Oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. We will link to all of these things in the show notes uh, at wellwomanlife.com slash podcast. And Gina, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info 
at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wellwomanlife. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week. Thank you.